Welcome to SonaCast, a podcast from the team at Sona Nanotech Inc. Sona's unique gold nanorods will power next generation diagnostic devices and medical applications. In every podcast, we seek to learn more about our industry with expert insight and special guests. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of SonaCast. This week, Team Sona is at AACC 2019 in Anaheim, California. And in this episode of SonaCast, we speak to David Grenache, the Chief Scientific Officer of Tricol Reference Laboratories in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We spoke to Dr. Grenache before he was due to give a presentation on digital health and the connected consumer. My name is David Grenache. Um, I'm a PhD clinical chemist, uh, currently uh, working as the uh, Chief Scientific Officer at Tricor Reference Laboratories in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm also the president-elect for uh, the American Association for Clinical Chemistry. So I just wanted to talk a little bit generally about yourself and your work, first of all. Could you, so could you tell me a little bit about your background and your career uh, up to now? Sure. Uh, I start, I've been in uh, the lab medicine industry for a little over 30 years. I started off as a clinical laboratory scientist. I uh, got my bachelor's degree, uh, worked in a, a clinical laboratory uh, back in my home state of Massachusetts. Um, pursued a PhD, uh, went on to teach clinical chemistry to undergraduates for several years before I did a postdoc, uh, and then since I did my uh, finished my postdoctoral training in, in clinical chemistry, I've been a, a clinical chemist in one way or another. Okay, and the company you work for at the moment, Tricor Laboratories? Uh, Tricor Reference Laboratories in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay, um, and what do they do and what do you do for them? Sure, so uh, Tricor is a regional reference lab. It provides laboratory testing services to the state of New Mexico, uh, approximately 70% of New Mexicans. Um, and my role, I have two roles there actually. Uh, I am, as a clinical chemist, I'm the medical director of our clinical chemistry, toxicology, and immunology laboratories. And I'm also the chief scientific officer. Um, in that role, I uh, lead our Tricor Research Institute that does primarily um, clinical device trials with uh, IVD manufacturers. Okay. And you said um, that Tricor provides laboratory services for the whole of um, Albuquerque? Um, for the for. Uh, for the state of New Mexico. Okay. What, what uh, sort of services would that include? Then? So we're a, 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 a full-service referral laboratory. We operate as a hub-and-spoke model. So uh, we have the hub, the reference lab in Albuquerque. But Tricor also operates uh, hospital clinical laboratories and hospitals, about 19 hospitals around the state of New Mexico. And because of our geographical reach, we estimate that we probably serve about 70% of uh, New Mexicans. Okay. Um, you were due to give a talk here at AACC this week on um, digital medicine. Can you tell me a little bit about the talk, what the content is going to be, what sort of issues you're going to address? Sure. Uh, so I'm doing this uh, presentation with my uh, friend and colleague, Dr. Shannon Heyman. Um, and we both have this interest in, in digital health and uh, the application of technology uh, to uh, consumer health care. Um, so she's going to be speaking primarily on uh, the utilization of uh, social media as a way for patients to uh, connect with each other, gain knowledge, curate information. Uh, and my talk will be primarily on uh, the quantified self. So the use of wearable sensors, uh, uh, use of smartphones uh, to uh, uh, collect data, to store data, analyze it, visualize it, and importantly, 
share it? How consumers are using that? What are the strength? What are the concerns? What are the pitfalls? Um, what types of data are being collected? How they're using it? Things like that. Okay. It seems like for the last few years we've kind of been talking about the potential of digital health and all the sort of things that you're talking about, such as wearables and um, various other kind of devices, smartphones. Where are we actually at now in terms of those being used practically by consumers, by patients in, in the world? Is it, you know, are we moving from the potential to the, the real or is there still a way to go? Oh, I think it's very real. Um, there's, there's a lot of potential, but it's happening now and it's been happening for some time. Um, here in the United States, uh, the FDA has a regulatory pathway to address this very issue and there are a variety of devices that have received uh, uh, FDA um, approval or clearance uh, for uh, uh, connected consumer uh, devices, things that will um, uh, record an EKG, continuous glucose monitors, variety of uh, uh, oximetry uh, to measure uh, the amount of oxygen in your blood. Uh, so it's really at its, uh, I dare say, infancy, but sure. it seems to be a little bit more beyond. Maybe it's an, it's a, it's, a, it's a toddler. Uh, <laughs> okay. Right? So because it's it's been you know the, it's, it's, it's been around for um, a number of years now, maybe almost a decade uh, and it's definitely th these this technology is in use um, but it it's still in its early stages but it has enormous potential so if we're still in the early stages then does that mean that we've still got to see uh, th them being used for, for proper kind of medical purposes rather than kind of personal purposes because I see lots of people using fitness trackers, for example, and apps that track their, their general health, but are those being used in a medical context? Are they actually providing data to medical practitioners that would then help patients, or are you seeing them more kind of being used in a personal respect at the moment? Yeah, primarily, they're used in it for, for personal uh, wellness and healthcare monitoring. Uh, these most, most, but not all these devices, are, um, are not clinical devices, um, but I think there's there's a fine line between what constitutes uh, how a consumer utilizes information from any device or wearable um, uh, versus what information is done with um, uh, the data that's collected from a, well, we'll quote, a, a clinically validated device. So how consumers are using the information uh, and who they share it with is, is not crystal clear. Um, but to be sure, there are some patients who are just collecting the information out of curiosity. They just want, it, it feels actionable to do something. It's an active role in your health, even if you might not be uh, acting on that information. Uh, whereas other consumers find uh, incredible value, particularly those with pathologies, with diseases, uh, that have a device or a sensor or a tracker that, at, that tracks some aspect of their health, like a continuous glucose monitor if you're diabetic. Uh, and uh, uh, using that information to make decisions and, and sharing it with your healthcare provider. And um, what is the next step then, moving from beyond the, the toddler range, as it were, to, to a more mature, um, more connected way of uh, using digital health? There's a lot of there's a lot of bare well uh, hurdles to consider. So uh, first and foremost, um, we need uh, assurances that these that, that a that the data are are actionable. So how do patients? or consumers, you know, again, they're collecting the information, but what, how do they act on it? Or how are they counseled to act on it? And truly, the, the biggest question is, does it actually benefit health? 
right? Are there, is there improvement in, in healthcare outcomes? That's a, that's, that's a big question to answer. That will take time. That will take well-designed clinical trials. So the evidence base has not really yet been um, uh, constructed. It's, it is also in its early stages. That's something that has to be done to progress it. Uh, the, avail the availability and affordability of the, the technology is an issue that has to be addressed. Um, and concerns about um, uh, privacy and security also have to, have to be addressed somehow. Uh, you know, you can't ever make any, can't lock down everything. There's always going mm -hmm. to be risk. How much risk can you mitigate uh, in order to see this type of technology and data utilization uh, truly make a difference. Is there a reluctance by some healthcare practitioners to use this sort of technology and connectivity? Uh, you know, I've, I've talked to a, a few uh, healthcare providers about, uh, about that particular uh, question specifically, and I find it's been a mixed bag. There are some, I know some healthcare providers that will uh, not consider patients who might bring them direct-to-consumer genetic testing results. They said, you know, I didn't order that test. Uh, I'm not going to counsel you on that test. Whereas others see that their role as a healthcare provider is to help their patients understand the strengths and limitations of the data that they're, that they're being brought uh, and the strengths and limitations of the sensors or the tools or the technology that they're using for their health. So it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a mixed bag. Okay. Um, you talked about social media as well, and I know that's your colleague that's going to be, you know, speaking about that specifically. But I, I thought that was quite interesting, actually. How do you think social media can be utilised in this uh, in this sphere in oh, the future? Uh, uh, so, a, it's it's being used now. Right, social media has really been a game changer uh, uh, for um, uh, for particularly for for patients uh, in a variety of ways. So, patients who have rare diseases. For a long time, they might have been an island of one that you know, had no way to connect to other patients across the planet that had the same disease they did. Social media has allowed that connectivity to occur. Um, uh, there are whole um, nonprofits now that are dedicated to connecting patients uh, with similar diseases. Um, social media is also another way in which healthcare providers, uh, it's a tool that we can leverage to educate patients because people do go to the internet and to social media platforms and other online uh, uh, mechanisms of, of, of information. Um, but as we all know, uh, the veracity and the, the, the accuracy of that information is not consistent. So as healthcare providers, we should have a presence on social media uh, because we are the authoritative voice. We bring credibility and we should be the ones that are able to reach out and educate those patients and give them an opportunity for them to connect with the experts. I see. Um, I wonder if I could put you on the spot with something and just perhaps ask you to describe how you would see um, a, a digitally connected patient uh, healthcare practitioner relationship with, with technology, with cloud. So for example, say you have a patient with a chronic condition, um, what device or um, utility can they use to monitor their health? How would they then communicate that to their doctor? How would then the relationship um, you know, work? If you could just kind of describe that model or how you think that model could develop. 
Sure, you can imagine all sorts of different scenarios. Sure. But a person with a, a chronic condition that has um, some wearable device or some ability to track and, and, and capture that information, uh, that can be analyzed uh, continuously by the recording device, probably going to be your smartphone, and then either provide alerts to the, the patient uh, when something is amiss and that they should contact their healthcare provider, or could automatically contact a healthcare provider uh, when certain criteria are met. Um, uh, patients could then leverage, uh, depending upon the situation, um, uh, applications like telemedicine uh, to reach out to a healthcare provider. Um, that doesn't require them to leave their home or travel some distance. So there's very, there's, that's, that's one scenario that you can imagine how this type of technology and connectivity could be utilized. Right. Um, and then finally, you're going to become the uh, AAC president, I understand, uh, next year. So you're president-elect, is that President-elect currently. President-elect at the moment, okay. Um, could you tell, I know it's a little way off, but could you tell me what your tenure, what you'd like to achieve during your tenure, something that you'd like to do? Have you made any plans yet? Are you kind of thinking that far ahead? Oh, sure, absolutely. Um, so this is a little off topic from the digital medicine uh, effort that we're looking at, sure. but I think I can tie it together. <laughs> uh, so uh, AACC is about to, uh, has just announced its uh, new strategic plan for the next five years. And one of the goal areas is, uh, well, there are five goal areas, but two that I think are particularly pertinent is scientific advancement and you know the, how this technology is developed, how the data are utilized um, is a very, it, it, uh, is something that can play into that particular goal area. Because uh, a, lot, a lot of healthcare decisions are based upon laboratory data. Um, and this technology is developing so quickly uh, and sometimes without the input of the domain knowledge experts, the folks, the laboratorians, right, who know this, this space quite well. So uh, in one of the, the, the scientific advancement goal of AACC strategic plan kind of fits into this. Um, but the other goal area of the plan that I plan to focus on during uh, my tenure as president uh, is the valuation uh, of laboratory medicine. So how do we demonstrate the value of the lab that goes beyond uh, the typical metrics that we have used to quantify the value of laboratory medicine. So it has to go beyond things like um, how, long, how quickly we produce a test result, the, 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 uh, the scope of the, of the, of the menu, the, the test that we offer in our laboratory, how efficiently and cost-effectively we can generate that test result. We have to go beyond that to demonstrate that the laboratory's contribution to the total cost of care is a very important metric and that we can leverage the information in our data warehouses to drive healthcare decision making to a point where we can actually start to decrease the cost of care. Demonstrating the value of the lab is a critical element of the strategic plan and one I plan to focus on. Excellent. Dr. Granash, thanks ever so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. A pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's all from Sonacast this week. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. Also, make sure to follow us on social media to keep up to date with all the latest news and analysis from Team Sona. On Twitter, at Sona Nanotech. On LinkedIn, just search for Sona Nanotech Inc. And on Instagram, Sona underscore Nanotech. Team Sona will be attending various industry events throughout 2019, including the Lateral Flow course in San Diego, Medica in Dusseldorf and AACC in Anaheim where we will be recording future podcasts. 
If you'd like to be one of our special guests, get in touch with us through any of our social media channels. Also, we would love to get your feedback on Sonacast, so please get in touch to let us know what you think or if you have any ideas for future guests or content.